Hey, it's your girl, Ashley Gray, coming to you with another episode of Girl Code 101. And this is part five of my series called Growing Through Grief. Stay tuned. Hey, it's your girl, Ashley Gray, creator and host of the Girl Code 101 podcast. And I'm here to tell you that you can listen to Girl Code 101 all the time and not just on Sundays when a new episode is released. Go to www.girlcode101. All of the episodes are there from the very first one up until the most recent one. There are also opportunities to advertise with me as well as be a guest on my show. Yes, I'm doing that. Go to www.girlcode101.com as well as following this podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, The Works, all under girlcode101.com. So that way you can stay connected. Again, www.girlcode101.com. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Girl Code 101. If this is your first time listening, you have picked a great time to tune in to the Girl Code 101 podcast. And if you are a returning listener, I appreciate the love. Thank you so much for coming back. This is five weeks This makes the fifth week that I have been in this series, Growing Through Grief. If you have not heard the four previous episodes before this one, please go back and listen, Um, especially if this is something that maybe you've not experienced grief or loss yet, um, or that you have, and you're just trying to find some tools to help you get through and get onto the pathway of healing this is a great series and also you know if you are being someone's support system who is going through grief and loss I think it was I think it's a really good thing for you to also go back and listen to the past four episodes because you can kind of get a idea of where um, the person that you're trying to help support is and that's really important because of course you know with grief and loss we're going to go through so many of the different stages but it's good to know where a person is so you can um better assist them and help them if you're their support system but today is the fifth stage and it's depression and um i had very much so been very nervous about talking about um this particular stage of grief because i am currently in this stage of grief um and have been in it literally since i want to say maybe a few days after my mom passed so if you're tuning in and you're not really sure where where i'm speaking from i'm speaking on grief and loss from the perspective of losing my mom i lost her i lost her july 19th of last year uh 2022 so i'm trying to um go through my different stages of grief um i'm not a professional psychiatrist psychologist i am not a healthcare professional but i am somebody who um is experiencing these different stages of grief and just kind of giving some tips of what has been helping for me and what has been kind of guiding me along the way. Um, Have I successfully gone through the five stages of grief and had like the perfect life since then? Absolutely not. Um, There are some 
different stages where I think I've gone through and I'm good and then I I bump back and I'm like wow I really didn't process this I really didn't really deal with this and so it's just so many different things that you know um happen but I was very nervous about speaking like I said on this topic of depression um in the stages of grief um but just depression in general the definition is persistent sadness and lack of interest in the pleasurable things that you know saying you previously enjoyed um so if you were really like energetic and you know um, happy a lot and you always were you know so thrilled about the things that you were passionate about the things that you love to do and you know you always had your hand in that and then you just stop you know what i'm saying you start kind of going downhill with that um usually that's like an early sign um of depression um but i want to talk about depression i want to focus on more of it in the grief and loss um, process and then so kind of with grief um, and loss when depression comes this is when we begin to realize and truly feel the extent of the death or whatever the loss was okay so um, of course you know with um, with shock you know what I'm saying we are kind of feeling like all of these different things it's still brand new it's fresh you know what I'm saying it just happened so we haven't really like fully felt it yet you know saying then we gotta then we go into the stage of denial which you know we don't want to feel it at all whether it's you know consciously or unconsciously we just we we don't have the capacity to um fully feel it and of course when we go through anger anger we go through which is the third stage we go through so many different perspectives in so many different areas you know sometimes maybe we're angry at ourselves or we're angry at the situation or we're angry you know what I'm saying at God because of you know this or whatever so there's so many different things that transpire with anger and so we haven't really fully felt it as well there either and then you go to like the stage of um, bargaining which is the, the fourth stage and in this stage you know what I'm saying we we have a hard time fully allowing ourselves to accept it because we're trying to figure out well you know well what if I would have did this maybe this will happen or maybe if I do this maybe this will happen so we're kind of you know kind of juggling you know not really truly feeling it as well either um, but we're just kind of juggling it depression in the grief and loss process is when we are when we fully feel it and when we fully feel it, just the weight of what this what this loss or what this death is actually meaning, like this is gone. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're fully feeling this. And so some of the symptoms that may come with depression and the grief and loss days, sometimes you may have trouble sleeping. Um, you may have poor appetite. And this, when I say poor appetite, a lot of times people think like not eating. Um, I do want I do want you to be aware sometimes poor appetite is, you know, um, gorging yourself or eating um, too much or stress eating um, some like of something of that nature. So that also goes under the umbrella of poor appetite, um, fatigue, being really tired, no energy, crying spells um, and, you know, isolation, isolation. And literally the list goes on of the different um, symptoms that go um, along with um, depression and grief. And it is a very difficult hard time to go through um i think a lot of times people when they get to this stage of grief um they start to just kind of feel around for what what do i what do i do now like i'm i'm, I'm in this place now i'm feeling it like i'm feeling the full extent of what i've lost and it's like how do i get up every single day 
and go on about my life me being transparent with me and talking you know just kind of talking about my um my situation every single day has been you know not was still currently and uh, you know my mom like I said she died in July um has been a struggle I'm so grateful for the place that I work because when I tell you my girls and family they rallied around me and they were supportive and loving um and there were some times where I knew my shift started at this was during the summer I knew my shift started at 8 30 um and I'm still in the bed uh crying like uncontrollably crying um at 8 25 <laughs> and I have to be to work at 8 30 um but I was so grateful to to Girls Inc because you know I'm coming in the door at nine o'clock or nine fifteen. um it's, it's love, it's hugs, it's support. It's, you know, of course, you know, I have some staff there that keep me laughing. And so it's, you know, jokes, things that just try to, you know, lift me up. Um, but I would, I would be a liar if I say that getting out of the bed every morning felt like an extra 500 pounds, extra 500 pound weights were on me every single day to get up and go to work. Um, and, you know, just me being transparent because I do feel like, you know, having these conversations is important because I want somebody to know that they're not the only one. Um, I also struggled before, you know, losing my mom. I had also struggled with depression and anxiety for years. And I remember that feeling of just how do I get out of bed in the morning? Like, Getting out of it was like getting out of bed, and you know you just kind of have your feet dangling off the bed, and like as soon as you put your feet to the ground, it's like you feel those weights, but you still got to get up, and you still gotta, you know, say you gotta brush teeth, and you know fix your face, and put on clothes, and go out, and you know still do your day-to-day -day life and it sometimes it was so difficult but you know I was you know I was the smiley when I was a jokester you know that you know so I was always cracking jokes making the girls laugh making people laugh and so that would be something that I would just have to constantly keep doing because um I knew that if I had stopped if I had slowed down then that weight I would feel so heavily and you know just as like a sidebar like you hear people say it all the time, but I do want to make sure that I also say it. check on your friends who are, you know, always the jokester, always laughing, always smiling, you know, something like that. Because most of the time, and that's the thing, like society and media, they just kind of make it to this idea of just like, oh, um, you can spot a depressed person because they're always with their head down. They're always wearing a hoodie with the hood on. Like it's not all, and I'm not saying that those um those people who look like that or may have had that look on their face aren't experiencing depression but I want to make sure that you have an understanding of it's not that's not the only look of somebody going through depression it's also some the people that laugh and smile and are the life of the party and the jokesters and the one that's always you know giving advice like those are the, the ones that nobody really pays attention to that end up having those moments where they've just been in depression and anxiety so I had dealt with that a couple of years before um but when my mom passed dealing with depression in the grief process was a entirely different beast that I was not prepared for I had never I had never fully experienced any type of depression of that magnitude and if you know me 
I'm working on it, but just being transparent as well. I isolate not with, not with this intention of I'm just going to shut everybody out, but it's just like something that I've just kind of always done. Um, and have, I'm still trying to learn different ways to do that. So, you know, my mom, when she passed and I was just in this depressed, depressive thing, it's just kind of like, you know, I had my aunts call. I had so many different people call and, you know, saying check up on me. And it was very difficult sometimes to say, um, I'm not okay. You know, um, it was just, it, it, it's, it's hard. I, it's very hard. And I, and whoever is like in this stage, you know what I'm saying? Of, of grief and loss. I want you to understand it is very hard. It is extremely hard to reach out for help. It is very difficult to say, because I know most of the time, like when you're having conversation with people and they say, well, Hey, how are you? You know, the default is to say, Oh, I'm good. Or I'm doing well. or I'm great. It's completely the total opposite is to say I'm not okay you know what I'm saying but I'm saying that if it's a person that you trust and they ask or they're checking in you know what I'm saying it's so vital that we get a support system around us when we're in the grief and loss stage where depression is because it can be so heavy and it can be such a tremendous weight and we don't want to go through it alone and we don't want to isolate and get into these different places where we just kind of feel like we just want to be away from you know away from everybody and away from everything because then the thoughts of well what if I just you know like what if I just like end it all what if I just you know what if I just stop and a lot of there's been a lot of different cases like I was reading when I was trying to get you know some information from this there have been people that um, within the grief and loss stage of losing someone or something major in their lives have taken their own lives because like I said I keep saying over and over again because I want somebody I want people to understand that um, when a person is grieving and they've lost something you know it's it's not just depression that happens there are all of these other different stages that are coming along with the depressed part you know what I'm saying they're still they're still in shock they're they're in denial they're you know what I'm saying they're angry they're frustrated they're trying to you know bargain and then you know what I'm saying so they're taking those they're taking those four and then it's all of those four are still happening you know what I'm saying? Because we still have to go through the process. And like I said, when it comes to grief and loss, there is no just consistent stage one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Once you go through that, you're completely healed. Like you may get to seven and then have a day where you're back at um, back at three where you're angry or, you know, what I'm saying you may be um, depressed. And then one day, you know, what I'm saying you go back to just being in shock and denial. Like there is no set go through step one, two, three through seven. And then you're you're done with grieving. OK, you're done with loss. You're done with, you know, um, for, um, not missing that person like none of that stops. And so when you're in that that time of where you're you're depressed because you've lost somebody or something that is so near and dear to you and you're trying to figure out what to do next. And then sometimes it's this feeling of, well, how can I? How can I go on? Like, what am I, like, what am I supposed to do? How am I able to even go on and live my life knowing that this person or, um, or this, this thing I lost is no longer mine or with me. 
You know, what am I supposed to do? You know, for me, it it was very difficult because if you knew me and you knew the relationship I had with my mom and, you know, stuff like that, I took care of my mom. I loved my mom. My mom needed me and she depended on me. And I always, you know what I'm saying? I devoted, you know, my time and, you know, honestly, like, <laughs> like my life, you know, to her, making sure she was okay, making sure, you know what I'm saying? That she had what she needed. Um, me and my mom talked 20 million times a day, you know, all of this stuff. So it was just like, what do I do now? Like, what is my new normal? What is, what is, what am I supposed to do now? You know what I'm saying? How am I supposed to go on about my life? You know, and it's like, I remember one day I was just like, I don't want to be here without, you know, without my mom. I don't, I don't want to be here. This, this feels empty. Like my life feels empty. It feels loss if just you know so many different things like that like that and I was just like I don't want to be here anymore and just being this is just me being transparent I'm 28 years old and I had never thought about um my life ending me or me ending my life um I remember my mom had died in July and this was like maybe early August or something I believe um and I was heavy in this, in the depressed part of grief and loss. I was really feeling the extent of she was no longer here. And I don't know what I'm doing with my life. And I remember driving to work and I was behind this, I think it was like a truck, I think. And I just remember thinking, what if I just sped up, you know what I'm saying, and you know, just rammed to the back, you know? And then I thought about it and I was like, wow, that's crazy because I don't know, it may injure the person in front of me. Not thinking about myself, but thinking about the only reason why I didn't use that method was because I didn't want to hurt the person in front of me. So I remember I kept driving and I was like, I was looking at the telephone poles and I was just like, what if I just ride into a pole, you know what I'm saying? And just say, that it or just make it look like it was um an accident you know so many different times I thought about just what if in in the depressive part of grief and loss I, I never really thought about it well no I had never thought about it when I was when I was dealing with depression a few years before but to know that I, I lost a big, a huge part of my life was gone. And my thing was like, I, I don't, what am I supposed to do now? And I was just thinking like, you know, just like, what if? And I, and I want people to understand about people who experience depression, whether it's depression, you know, itself, or whether it's depression from grief and loss. Um, a lot of people, you know, have this, stigma against people who think about suicide or maybe have even died by suicide um they did not like nobody was born and just like yeah I just want to end my life there are things that transpire um in our lives that sometimes feel like they are too much to bear and nobody wants to quote unquote 
kill themselves or die. They just want that hurt and that pain to stop. And I know for me, it felt constant. You know what I'm saying? And and I I when I say that, I you know, I'm not making that up. This is me personally. Everybody may have their own, you know what I'm saying, different experiences, but this is me personally. It felt that pain well, it felt like a 10 every day. You know what I'm saying? It never felt like it was less than a 10. Now, mind you, I'm still getting up and smiling and joking around and, you know, being around people and not, you know, not giving off the vibe of, you know, anything like, oh, wow, like she's really, you know, really depressed. Like I'm keeping this all in and going through the day, but getting in my car at the end of the day and driving away and just feeling it, feeling the the extent of the grief and the loss. So. When people say, you know, saying that they want you want to they want to end their lives or they or anything like that, they're saying I need this pain to stop because this pain is constant and it's all the time. But I'm saying that if we can get in a better place where we can have these conversations about, you know, depression and, uh, you know, saying about, you know, suicide and all of these things without people being attacked for even thinking or saying those things, then we can have more people that are actually would come forward and say, hey, this is how I'm feeling. I am in this boat right now and I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. You know what I'm saying? Then it, you know what I'm saying? It's something that could be out in the open and it's something that we can have help for and resources for. So again, like I said, I am not a licensed therapist or anything of the sort, but I am just a person who has been experiencing um grief and loss for the past seven months or so. And I'm just yeah, I'm just out here trying to make it like <laughs> like everybody else. But I am so grateful. Um, that I am in a place now, and this is me being honest, I'm in a place now where I no longer want to act on those thoughts. But I am not going to lie and say that I don't think about them, especially when the day is long and I haven't gotten one phone call from my mom and I'm, I haven't seen her in seven months And I haven't picked her up and my weekends are by myself. I'm not going to say that I don't think about those times because the pain of her not being here feels so unbearable. And that's just me being honest and that's me being transparent. But when I come back, I'm going to give you some tips as best I can um, to help you when it comes to combating depression and grief and loss. So stay with me. I'll be right back. Hey everybody, welcome back. So previously I spoke about a very hard topic and that is depression. Um, I spoke about depression itself and also depression in the grief and loss process. Um, And just some of the um, definitions. So the definition of just like general depression is a persistent sadness and lack of interest in things that you once previously enjoyed. So activities or things you like to do just you know abruptly you know stopping those activities and just you know kind of being you know definitely sad a lot and different things like that um 
can be some of the signs of um, depression. Um, and as far as like depression in the grief and loss process, um, that is when we begin to really feel the extent of the death or the loss with some of the symptoms being trouble sleeping, poor appetite. And again, this is not eating or indulge or indulging too much. Um, fatigue, no energy, crying spells, and isolation. So there are so many different things that happen in the grief and loss process um, that we feel. But depression tends to be that one that if we're not careful and, you know what I'm saying, and we don't allow ourselves to process and deal with it, can really put us in a dark place. And there have been, you know, some people who have, you know, died by suicide because the depression of it was just too much. Or if you are like me and you've thought about it or thought it had some type of you know plan to execute it but like again like like I said again I am very grateful that I'm in a place now where I don't want to act out on the things that I've thought about but the thoughts are still there but I feel like I'm getting stronger in the area where it's you know not wanting it to go through and like I said previously Nobody is just like, oh man, let me just unsubscribe to life. Nobody's, no, you know what I'm saying? It is the pain, the every, the, the everyday weight of that pain and wanting that pain just to stop for a second. But here are three tips that have been working for me. You know, um, again, I'm not a licensed therapist or psychiatrist, any type of profession like that. But these are different things that have been working for me. Number one, don't isolate. I literally, when I said that a second ago, I literally said that to myself because I'm horrible at isolating myself, um, especially in times like this. But do not isolate yourself. Because when you get isolated, that's when our minds, they go crazy. They start, you know what I'm saying, thinking, well, what if I just... And we know the rest. What if I just, you know what I'm saying? So don't, don't isolate yourself. Okay. Even if I kid you not, even if it's just getting like somebody that you trust, even if it's just getting on the phone with them and just saying, Hey, I just need to be on the phone with you. You know what I'm saying? Especially if this is somebody that's part of your support team, you know what I'm saying? Hey, I just need to, I just need to get on the phone. I was having a really bad time. Um, with, I was driving, I was, I'm a door dasher. And so I was just, it was just weighing heavy on me. I was having one of those moments and I was feeling it and I called somebody and I was just like, Hey, listen. Um, and it was somebody that I trusted and somebody that also knew, um, where I was in this situation. I called, I was like, Hey, listen, um, I'm really feeling like making a real bad choice tonight can you just talk on the phone with me? And we talked for about 30 minutes, you know what I'm saying? Had, you know, some things that we just kind of like, we joked and laughed about, but it was what I needed. I didn't isolate myself and allow those thoughts to play. I didn't, you know what I'm saying? I immediately, you know, if you could call somebody, call somebody, you know what I'm saying? If you can just get out of, if you're in a, in a room or in your house, if you could just get out, you know what I'm saying? Let some sun, you know, touch your face, whatever do not isolate yourself it does not matter I don't even like here's my thing I don't even care if you go to a park and just watch people walk by you know what I'm saying you don't have to say nothing to them 
they don't have to say nothing to you don't isolate yourself even better go to a dog park watching dogs is like the cutest thing ever and like the best like work best taste of serotonin you can get like but no i'm joking but i'm kind of serious but like dog parks are pretty cool but no um no don't isolate yourself do not isolate yourself okay number two move I actually saw this on a Facebook post who's um, by somebody who's also had been going through depression. Um, their depression was like kind of in general, generalized depression, but even for depression with grief and loss, it's it still works. Get up and move. Okay. If you say if, for example, like if you're in the bed and that and it's really hitting, that depressed feeling is hitting heavy, and I mean heavy, I don't it like get up and move. Even if you just like wiggle in your bed okay or get up and walk around or whatever you need to do get up and move okay because what ends up happening is it feels like remember it feels like a weight okay but if we can get up and get that off of us you know what i'm saying then it helps so get up and move whether it's like i said whether it's just doing the wiggles in your bed or whether it's actually getting out of the bed um if you even go on youtube they have different you know things you could do for me what's been working for me when I get in those in those modes, I get up and I do just dance on YouTube. Or I'll put on, you know what I'm saying, a song and I'll dance around, you know, my house. And okay, and I'm gonna be honest with you, at first, you're gonna feel like this is dumb. I don't wanna do this. <laughs> like this that was me. I was like, this is dumb. I don't wanna do this. But the more I was getting into it, and when the next song would come on, and that's my song, and then this would come on, and that would come on, and this would come, and next thing you know, it's it's lifting, it's lifting you out of it. So when you're feeling that weight, get up and move. Get up and I'm telling you, get up. Okay. And number three, this is all of like the last two that I've given are really important, but this one is like top tier important. You are loved, and someone is happy that you are here and I say that I think this one goes out to the ones who have thought about suicide have um thought about a plan or a few plans um for the ones who have maybe have scheduled when they're going to execute this because this grief and loss is kicking your behind it feels like and you're just like what's what do I do now and the future looks scary because maybe what you planned is not going as planned anymore and the future is scary you are loved and someone is so glad that you are here and there is somebody out there that would rather hear about what you're feeling in this depressed state than going to your funeral and I think that for me was the wake up call I think for me is to know that there is somebody out there you know my my family my friends you know people who have confirmed not only just said it but have confirmed that they are here if I need to talk to know that those people are there and that those people would rather hear me be on the phone for 30 minutes crying and us sitting on the phone for 30 minutes in, or sitting on the phone for 30 minutes in silence because I just need to know somebody else is on the phone than to have to show up at my funeral. So if you're listening 
and this may be you, you are loved. And someone is so glad that you are here and that you chose to be here. And they would rather hear you and see you and be there for you than have to be at your funeral. So just recapping um, the three tips that I have. Um, Number one, don't isolate yourself. Number two, get up and move. Get up and move. And number three, you are loved and someone is so happy that you are here. And they would rather hear you now than have to show to your funeral. We can get through this. If you are just, if it's depression in general, or whether it's depression from grief and loss, there is light at the end of the tunnel. There are different resources that are available. There are even numbers that you can text, and I will attach them to this episode um, in the event that this is you. But there are resources out there. If you have not built a support team, and what I just call a support team, like people around you that have confirmed that this is something that they're ready to tackle with you, then there's so many different resources out there, but there is, it's, it's something out there. So you are not alone. You don't have to face this alone. If it, if you're going through grief and loss and it's in that depressed stage, but I mean, by all means, there are different grief groups. I'm in two, I think two of them on Facebook. Um, where we just kind of have those conversations, you know, different stuff like that. There's even a number that you can text, you know what I'm saying? There's so many different resources. So again, you are not by yourself. This is definitely, I, in my personal opinion, one of the most difficult stages of grief out of all. Um, but there is light at the end of the tunnel. You just have to, you have to hold on. In order for you to see the light at the end of the tunnel, you have to be here to get to the end of the tunnel. So I hope that this episode was helpful because it was very helpful for me. Um, it was very difficult to have, to, it's very difficult to talk about something like that, that um, I've experienced. And again, I, I just remember telling my friend, I, even on the phone, um, I had to call, I called a friend when I first had the first thought about um, ending my life. I called a friend and I told her, I said, I don't want to die. I, you know, and she said something that was really profound. She was like, people that really, really reach out or reach out in general, they don't want to. And they just want the pain to stop. So I know that it's difficult, but reach out. I promise there's light at the end of this tunnel. Promise. But please tune in next week for the part six of growing through grief I hope this is helping someone please share this episode with as many people as you can Um, if you are somebody who is a support um, support system for somebody I hope you are taking this in um, and you're paying attention to the signs Um, and I hope that you I hope that if you're experiencing this stage that you're getting through it it's just moment by moment not day by day because sometimes day by day is too long so it's moment by moment So tune in next week to another episode of Girl Code 101. Bye.